So it's about finding what's important to them, being able to shape and develop solutions that intersect with our business needs and that keep our employees happy and positive. So it's it's just as much about protecting also what's special in our current environment as it is about finding what we need to improve. It's many different prongs, but at the key center of that is being able to listen and know our employees really well. Everything that we do is shaped around what they need and want. Welcome to episode eight, the last episode of this season of Let's Talk Packaging. I'm your host, Donald Anderson, and this week we have Ryan Jones and Diane Toomey, uh, two of Pack Worldwide's people, people. They manage the organization from a hiring and uh, employee wellness standpoint. Enjoy today's episode with Ryan and Diane. Diane and Ryan, thank you for joining us on Let's Talk Packaging. We are Thrilled to have you guys here. This is our final episode of the first season. Thanks for wrapping up the season with us um, with a topic that's a little bit different than some of the other packaging-specific podcasts that we've recorded, and we're excited to bring a different uh, thought to the space that our listeners are joining us in. Um, If you guys don't mind, will you just introduce yourselves, talk a little bit about what your role is in terms of um, overseeing us as employees at PAC? Thank you, Donald. It's a pleasure to be here and to wrap up your final podcast for the season. I, my name's Diane Toomey. I'm the Chief People Officer here at PAC Worldwide. Um, been here probably, let's see, about nine years. So it's been a fantastic ride watching PAC grow significantly since I started. And it's just been really fun to be at the helm and watch people and our company grow together. Awesome. Thanks, Diane. Ryan, uh, how about you? So I'm uh, Ryan Jones. I'm the regional HR director. So my responsibility uh, for the most part relies in uh, the U.S. And as a HR director, that could mean obviously a lot of things. Mm -hmm. Uh, But at the end of the day, I kind of look at my role as an outlet for people um, and a way to the best I can guide people in making what is hopefully good decisions <laughs> and kind of guiding the business through people is kind of what Diane and I always tell ourselves is kind of our role. If we could encompass it into one, one sentence. Yeah. You know, we, uh, as a company, I, I've been with PAC for almost, uh, I think it's about, about three and a half years. And, yeah. Three and a half years. And, uh, the company has grown in significant ways in the time I've just been here. Uh, Dan, you've seen a little bit more breadth of that than I think Ryan or I have. Um, can you guys talk a little bit what about what growth has meant to um, being, you know, hiring, employee wellness, retention, you know, all the all the things that complicate when you get more and more people. Uh, can you guys touch on what that experience has been like at PAC? Well, I'll start with that, um, Donald. Thank you. Um, well, when I started, we had about 400 employees worldwide. Um, we're right up around 2,000 almost wow. uh, now. So the growth, as you can imagine, has been significant. But with that, it's been kind of fun to watch the a lot of the people here grow with the company. There's been a lot of opportunities created because of that growth. So it's been um, it's, it's kind of my sweet spot of watching or providing you know opportunities for employees and trying to fit them into the right place and make sure that they are getting to do what they want to do. And we don't have a lot of um, 
boundaries around that right now. It's if you think you can do it, we're going to put you there. You can't get that everywhere. So mm. that's been a really positive part of growth. The, there's been some hard parts about growth too, just finding the right people and finding enough people. Manufacturing is a tough business for finding people right now. So there are definitely some challenges just with the sheer numbers we've been trying to add. And I think Ryan can probably speak to that a little bit. Well, yeah, Ryan, let me ask you this. We just a few weeks ago um, publicly announced that we're opening a new manufacturing facility in Atlanta. What has some of that growth, and you've done this, I think, once before uh, in the U.S., what does that look like? You know, what lessons have you learned, I guess, from the last time you did this starting from scratch that will help you this time? And, you know, how how is that going? I mean, I, mean, I guess just flatly, how, how's it going? It's uh, It's going. Uh, it's, it's one of those things where we, this time around, uh, we have a couple things, right? We have a, a shorter time frame than we had in Bethlehem, mm-hmm. <laughs> much shorter. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we're also in the, the middle of a pandemic, uh, and we don't want to focus on that a whole lot, but it's still, it, it puts constraints on not only the access to people that you want to hire in your processes, but mm-hmm. even getting the infrastructure into Atlanta, uh, it causes delays there because, uh, hey, as simple as they're running out of the chips needed for computers. Are we going to be able to have enough computers for everybody mm. that starts in the next couple of months? Uh, so there's a lot. While it's you've been through it before, three years ago uh, or whatever it was when we when we put in BET, there's that going on where you have kind of have that memory of, hey, this is how we we took care of that, and we should be able to do the same things here. And then there's now that component of like, yeah, but we can't do it the same way <laughs> that we did it back yeah. then. Uh, so it's, there's a, it's a whole different thing. Yep. There's an extra uh, twist to it uh, this time around. And it is something that we're relearning. Honestly, you, you learned from the first one, you kind of had your model, right? And hey, here's some things that we would do next time. And then you get into the Atlanta mode and you're like, all right, well, yeah, we learned a lot there, but I don't know that some of this is applicable <laughs> to yeah. Atlanta because it's completely different uh, than what we experienced before. So a- as we are looking to hire you know, quite a few people in Atlanta, what does when you after you hire an employee, um, you know, maybe we can look back on Bethlehem in Pennsylvania as, as a better example, since we have a little bit of hindsight to build on. What does a successful hiring look like when you when you engage with that startup process and then the continual process at our other locations around the U.S.? What does successful hiring look like in hindsight um, in that startup process? Uh, for us, it's really did did we hire someone that adds value to the organization and we add value to them? Um, to me, that's a, a simplistic way of saying it. So it's not so much, hey, can they can they hit the productivity numbers? Can can they make sure as the bags come off uh, that they can do that? That's a that's a function of it. But we're really looking at, hey, did we add somebody who's going to be able to grow with the business? Did we add someone who, yes, they may be a packer operator right now, but we can see we can see in them that they're going to be our next lead or our next supervisor. And for me, that's successful hiring is you're you're not hiring that person for the role that they're coming in for you're hiring that person for that next role and if we've done that to me that's successful dan i want to ask you a question the there's an interesting juxtaposition you know it, when you work in a role such as both of yours where you are looking to hire people and you're looking to support a company but then on the flip side you both have your own careers and, and you know i 
think there's parallels to see, you know, how am I reaching towards my goals and how am I improving? And I'm sure those conversations with others and conversations with your own mind help drive what you want others to achieve. And so, um, Dan, how do you balance that conversation of, you know, achieving the needs now as a company and who we're looking for and who we're hiring, but also looking for people to grow into what's next? Well, I think one of the things that I look for and that seems to be valuable is that we want people that are excited about our growth. We want people that are excited about the opportunities that growth provides. And we really, really like people that are excited about the culture that we have because that means they're going to come in and, and try to maintain that. They yeah, join for that very reason. And that really helps protect that culture that we um, we all joined for, right? Those things are really valuable to me and things that I look for when we're hiring because those those types of um, values are, are what kind of makes us tick here. I'd love to touch on that. We, we in PAC talk about PAC people a lot. That, that's a phrase that is kind of one of those um, colloquialisms of PAC Worldwide. How, how do you uncover that in, in a hiring process? And I think for any of our distributors or customers, they're also looking for similar qualities or similar goals if, if they are slightly different qualities. Um, to protect a culture and or to build something that they don't have. How do you look for that in the hiring process? Well, I think you have to start with having some shared values. Um, certainly, we put our values on our website. Um, but when we mm -hmm. talk, when we're having that conversation with candidates, I think that our values really shine through. And people either gravitate towards those values, or, or maybe it just doesn't feel right for them. I, I, we're looking for those people that have that shared value and that kind of believe in our mission and what we're doing here, because they're most likely to come in and, you know, continue to exemplify those values and be excited about that mission. And really that at the end of the day, that that's, that's key. Yeah. Well, that's terrific. Diverting a little bit, but want to keep talking about the hiring process. There are a lot of different practices using hiring. I haven't job searched in a few years. Um, I don't think either of you have job searched in a few years, uh, or at least not successfully. I can't speak <laughs> for what you do in your personal time. Oh, man. But Thank you. Uh, <laughs> uh, what lessons about hiring practices have you pulled away You know, from your time hiring people, uh, maybe ones that go against what we anticipate the industry embracing or or things that maybe PAC does uh, against the grain, uh, against what our competitors or what other things we see in the marketplace happening. How are we learning and evolving the hiring process? And I, if you have an example, I'd love to hear specifics. I would say for me, what I've seen over, uh, especially since my time at PAC, is it is uh, more digital than ever, which I know is not going to be shocking to anyone mm -hmm. listening to this, but to a point where it is like, you have to get it in front of the candidate at the exact moment. And what I mean by this is you're you're texting them, hey, saw your application, here's my calendar, mm. go ahead and throw a spot on there. Where it used to be, hey, I'm going to look at resumes, I'm going to contact people via email, or I'm going to call them on the phone and try to track them down and get a few times that they can work. And now it's it's if you aren't getting to candidates 
within at least a day or two of when they apply and getting it to a mode of uh, communication that is now super important to everybody, which is their phone, you've already lost most likely <laughs> because you're not getting there quick enough. That's a fascinating point. And, I, and, and in my own life, my wife and I are going through buying a house right now mm -hmm. and uh, it's, it's our first home purchase. And I have done more uncomfortable things. I'm not a big text person. I'd rather talk to someone on the phone or in person. Um, and, and But that's not necessarily the way the culture is going, as, as you just mentioned. But I have done more serious conversation and affirmation with those helping us purchase a house than I am really comfortable with over text message <laughs> the last yeah. few weeks. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, you're totally right. I mean, it's just the way it's the immediate. And, and I, I'm, I'm hearing that you're seeing the culture want that immediate response, feedback, and uh, um, communication. Yeah, and we've seen uh, in the industry what you're starting to see is uh, people use bots to ask questions. We have not gone to that level yet. We still mm -hmm. feel a little bit like we want that personal touch, even if it's through text. Mm -hmm. At least you know that you're still like interacting with a person. Um, I, I wouldn't sit here and lie to you and say we would never get to that point. Uh, some sure, of that, sure. some of that's all about scale, right? It's hey, how yeah. how big is your organization? Uh, how many people do you really want to put on recruitment for some of these initial stages when you could use some back-end solution that that frees up people's time? We're just not mm -hmm. there yet. We still want to keep that personal touch as much as we can. But I mean, you you are you're right. You're getting to a point where it's like almost completely disconnected and you don't even know who you're talking to on the, the other side of that phone yeah. uh, or email. So it's, it's best, it's, it's picked up, especially in the last three to four years, I would say. But since my time here, there's, we've had quite the evolution, even in our own hiring practices to a more digital process. And I still think it's a competitive advantage for us right now to not be using these hiring algorithms keywords and experiences that knock people out. Mm. Um, I like the human approach where I'm able to review a resume, kind of look for their unique experiences and how that might be what we need at PAC. It doesn't necessarily always fit the box or the algorithm. So it could be something as mundane as they, you know, they coach their kid's sports team. Um, these life experiences are often overlooked. And in my opinion, they can really enrich what someone can bring into an organization. And honestly, digitization of this and algorithms and bots, they don't pick that up. So yeah. I still think it's a bit of a competitive advantage to have the time or the capability to kind of have the human approach and be able to dig a little. Wow. Yeah, and Diane brings up a good point there because she always has a great uh, statement where she a lot of people say cultural fit, right? And that mm -hmm. that uh, elicits a certain response of like, hey, you're only looking for like people that are like you. And that's not really the case mm -hmm. in that. Um, she always uses a term which I like, which is cultural ad, which is much different, right? And you you don't get that cultural ad through what she just explained in that process of bots and algorithms that you, you don't get that because you're not getting the context of that person. So we go more towards, Hey, how, how do we get that culture? How do we get that person? If you can imagine like a, a puzzle, right? Uh, it all fits together, but those pieces are, are very, very different, right? Mm. They're all different shapes. They're all like, they don't, and without one or the other, it doesn't, it doesn't work. So you're really, we're looking for more of that addition, uh, to our our organization, no matter what that is uh, or what that looks like, and like she mentioned, you don't you don't get that from 
algorithms. You get that from talking to people. Yeah, that's great. Uh, if if we want to move a little bit past the hiring process and, um, I mean, talk about employee retention, employee wellness, um, what is, for for PAC, Dan, you mentioned our values earlier. Um, what are the things that we're trying to accomplish once the hiring process is done? When that, when that person starts working with us, whether they be on our production staff, whether they be working at a desk all day, um, how, how are we motivating employees to want to be happy here, to, to be content here? Well, that is something we try to do every single day in a lot of different ways. Um, I would say that right now we're quite focused on listening as a way to determine what our employees want, need, like. Um, and, and that's part of what we call our packet pack life experience. Um, so it's about finding, um, what, what's important to them, being able to shape and develop solutions that intersect with our business needs and that keep our employees happy and positive. So it's, it's just as much about protecting also what's special in our current environment as it is about finding what we need to improve. So it's kind of a, it's many different prongs, but at the key um, center of that is being able to listen and know our employees really well so that we can, you know, everything that we do is shaped around what they need and want. Are there certain tools or um, metrics even that you use to listen? What are some, uh, I guess, tangible things that you I say you, but Dan, I mean organizationally, we, maybe a better inclusive word, um, that we use to listen. Well, we're using a multitude of things. I say hopefully day to day, our supervisors are listening to our employees and know them quite well. Um, we try to learn at least once a year from a survey of, you know, kind of 17 different questions. Mm -hmm. But we're working towards a model that will be more um, frequent. I think we have methods now that we can deploy for that where we are constantly being able to talk to them and hear from them. So it's it's a bunch of different ways. We, I wouldn't say we perfected it yet, but we're working towards kind of a, a cadence and a rhythm that where we can touch in with them more frequently. Cast a wide net, you, you know, see what, see what you might be able to pull in in terms of learning. Yeah, it comes from many, many different sources. Yeah. In both of your careers, time at PAC, uh, time outside of PAC, what successes have we had at PAC that maybe others can learn from? Uh, you know, our listeners will come from a pretty diverse audience, uh, you know, mostly the packaging space, but could be, you know, auxiliary of that. Some of our, uh, our, and users are that are affiliated with distributors are, are listening and, um, you know, maybe work in, uh, retail settings or, or otherwise, um, when it comes to what we're trying to accomplish, uh, in, in the content and happy employee, the ideal employee, um, where have we been successful and, and maybe where have we not been successful? I mean, we can learn from both. I would say our success, if I can go with success first, sure, <laughs> sure. has been, um, uh, like Diane mentioned earlier, it has been our ability to find people that 
uh, fit in with what we're trying to do here or add. I made the faux pas, right? Said fit. So <laughs> add to what we're trying to do here, right? Um, and that has come through, honestly, I feel like really knowing ourselves as an organization. If you don't know that, uh, and you don't know from your leaders what we're trying to be and do, you can't you can't do that. Um, so I think we've done a really good job of helping people understand who we are as an organization um, and trying to push that through the whole whole organization. Because without that, you, you're really just wandering around aimlessly, right? You, nobody knows what they're supposed to be doing or what we're here for. Um, so I think that's been part of our success. Um, on a multiple, on multiple things. Well, and I would also add that we, we have executive support to take care of employees and, and value them as we do. It's, uh, it's unusual to have your number one goal in your company this year to be, you know, taking care of our employees, you know, caring, connecting and creating with them together. So you, you, you can't go very far with creating that culture that that is valuable to employees where they're happy and content without having that focus in the organization so that to me is quite critical it's it's the place you have to start and if you don't have that you it's a pretty difficult journey we um on my immediate uh team that i'm a part of um we just wrapped up a hiring process uh for a new employee uh as both of you are probably aware and uh I think one of the things, Ryan, you touched on that um, just kind of sparked a light bulb in my head um, was this idea of what is someone adding versus what are they fitting in? Um, I um, That was really evident as part of the interview process that we went through and um, some of the feedback that, as we talked with current team members, was really important. And um, I, I'm really excited to see how that plays out, uh, and, but um, I hadn't thought of it in that light. So thank you for uh, sharing that. That was really great. There is a one of the questions I had wanted to ask both of you. Um, there is a juxtaposition in employee wellness where hypothetically it's time for people to leave. And that's not because they're not a great employee. It's just because they have maximized everything they can be here with PAC or here at another company. Um, where's that balance between wanting great people to stay but also wanting great people to go be successful elsewhere when their career demands it, when their personality demands it. Um, is that something that you guys encounter frequently or, or um, often at all? Uh, it's a really good question because you're right. <laughs> there's, there's, there's a, so much involved with that. Uh, there's personal ego, right? <laughs> there's mm -hmm. personal uh, sacrifice where it's kind of like, hey, I don't, I don't want to sacrifice myself. I got to keep this person. Uh, right. I, I spent hours hiring this yeah, person. Yeah, Why yeah. would I? Yeah. And, and developing a year and, yeah. or two of training uh, yeah. and, and showing them the ropes, and now they're leaving. Um, but I was taught, uh, luckily, early on in my career, that uh, if you're worried about that, you're in the wrong position, and you are not a leader. Um, mm. leaders don't care about that because a, you have enough confidence in yourself that you're like, Hey, you know what? I developed this person. They're moving on. They're going somewhere else. They're going to make another organization. Great. And I get to do the same thing again. I'm going to bring in another person, 
that's great. And I'm going to help develop them and they're going to be great. So you don't, you don't fear that. Uh, so I guess my point is like, for me, there isn't a balance. It's all about that person in front of you. And it's kind of like, my job is to make you successful here. Um, and while I'm doing that, hopefully that success translates elsewhere. Um, cause at the end of the day, there's a human factor to all of this, right? Like that's what we're here for yeah. is that human engagement, that human. And if you're more worried about yourself and self-preservation, then you should probably be in a role that is singular. Uh, and that is only your work matters and you're not worried about anyone else. You should not be a leader of a team. So for me, there, there isn't a balance because that's the whole, the whole deal is, Hey, they're good enough to be here. They're good enough to be somewhere else. Congratulations. That's awesome. I've even encouraged team members in the past, uh, that have been on my teams that, Hey, if you have, if you have an offer, uh, or you feel like, Hey, I'm tapped out here. Let's talk about it. And I will, I will, mm. I will help you. Uh, and what I mean yeah. by that is like, Hey, you get an offer from another company. Let's sit down and talk about it and let's evaluate it and make sure it's the right fit for you. I'm not going to sit here and try to convince you to stay with us, but let's talk it through, uh, and make sure it's the right thing for you, uh, as a person. Um, so for me, that's kind of how I view that is, yes, we want to keep people, but I'm also not here to to hold them back either. And that doesn't do a company well either. Cause then you just have a person, right? Let's use PAC. For example, you have someone at PAC now that feels like they're tapped out. They probably don't feel like they're doing their best work. And eventually they end up leaving anyway, because you've held them back and it, it serves no purpose at the end of the day. And, and then they're leaving unhappy. Yep. As <laughs> so opposed to content. Happy. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Well, thank you both. Uh, this has been a great snippet into your day to day and and your and your oversight over um as we started out talking about uh really quickly growing circumstance we have here at pack worldwide um well, the last thing I wanted to ask you and I'm springing this a little bit on both of you so I have no idea how prepared you'll be for this are there any resources that you could point us to to learn more whether it be great authors or books you read accounts to follow on social media websites where do you guys learn more about people and managing people and leadership. So I'm a big fan of uh, Simon Sinek only because he seems to, in a lot of what he does, it's it's kind of the style that we typically have, not only at PAC, but I've seen in other places that I've worked where it's, it's more of that, um, hey, as a leader, your role is to support your team and to have them functioning. It's not about you. Um, and he's very good about uh, taking big concepts and making them very succinct for those that are obviously uh, listening to his content. So he's one of my, one of my, he's more of an inspirational speaker. Uh, at least that's what he tells himself, but he does a lot around organizations and workforce uh, that can be really valuable for people, especially those that kind of are learning about leadership and want to learn how some techniques and some thoughts on how to be a better leader. Yeah, and Donald, I think mine <clears throat> all comes from being older. I can't buy that, and <laughs> Having gained a lot of wisdom in life. And I think my biggest uh, guide in life is wisdom and common sense. Well, thank you both. I, I really appreciate it and um, appreciate the wisdom that you shared today. Um, have a great week, and, and uh, hopefully we'll, we'll see you back on the podcast again in the future. Yeah, anything you need. Appreciate yeah, it. Thank you, Donald. It's been fun. Yep. Yeah, have a good one. 
that'll be it for us on episode 8 of Let's Talk Packaging. Thanks again to Diane and Ryan for filling us in on the keys of making people happy and finding good people. You can find us for questions and comments at pacpack.com or searching for us on social media platforms. Pack Worldwide is the premium manufacturer of protective mailers and specialty packaging solutions for the courier, e-commerce, fulfillment, and distribution markets. Thanks for listening with us, and we'll be back soon.